1: everyone welcome back to another episode of bet on chicago my name is joey christopoulos today's episode is presented by betonline.ag look we are back we're better than ever on bet online all eyes are going to be on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for another football season and as always bet online it's your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface there are more odds props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football so what are you waiting for head to the website or go on your mobile device right now Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive that bonus. Football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at BetOnline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming in the pod. So excited to have a guest back. We took the summer off a little bit, but now the gridiron is back, NFL is back. So excited to get his takes and perspectives. He is gambling expert, NBC, Philly sports, and also bets prep, Brad Feinberg. Hello, Brad, how are you today? Outstanding, my friend. Great to be on, Joy. I'm excited. Great to see you. Um, Let's just dive right into it. Let's get right to it. Um, We're gonna do a little bit of a sports buffet today. We're gonna talk a little football talk a little basketball maybe a little baseball but let's eat our vegetables first let's talk about the Bears um if you could maybe just give uh you know your perspective not just on the performance this last Sunday but where is this organization trending right now especially among the Sharps
0: you know it's interesting Joey uh well first of all let's look at your season win total it was seven and a half before the year starts you know what it is right now we've got to be down to what six six and a half five and a half oh my god let's think about this no let's think about this they're supposed to be a seven and a half win team. Um, their opening game, they, they beat Cincinnati. They were about a dollar forty favorite there, so they had about a fifty six percent chance to beat Cincinnati. They did. They were about a twenty five percent chance to beat Cleveland, and they lost. And opening day, they were about a twenty five percent chance to beat the Rams. So they were they should have, and theoretically, right now, about about one point oh five wins according to the math. They have one win, so they're supposed to be a seven and a half win team, and they're supposed to be one and two right now. They're exactly what they are but yet to the to the math of it they are now a two games below not just one we skipped the one we were right to two games below what their opening number was joey look to me this shows a lot of things in my opinion and first of all i know you're a diehard chicago fan i know you you know and that's one of the reasons i like you i I like i love your fandom i love you you know you're always going to be you know riding riding with chicago and to me you know look i I know what things I know. I know what things I don't know. I can't pretend I know how to like call like Z36 right. or You know, the terminology of a play or anything like that, Joey. Like, I, yeah, I, I know what I know, but as I said, I know, also, but, but to me, very rarely. I saw it with Freddie Kitchens. Uh, yeah. I've seen it at times with with Anthony Lynn.
1: Um, Jason Garrett comes to mind too. Jason Garrett. I saw
0: for sure. Jason Garrett. But Matt Nagy. Uh, it's probably coaching games like Charles Nagy, the pitcher would be coaching them like just totally in the wrong sport, because I, I gotta be honest. Did you see Dan Orlovsky's take for any chance?
1: I did see Dan Orlovsky's or take, to? and if I can interject real quick, there was another take this morning that came out where Albert Breer reported that the Browns inside the Browns office, they are absolutely shocked at what the game plan was because in the summertime when Justin Fields was doing OTAs, he was running everything under center. When he was at Ohio State, they actually asked, Justin Fields prefers to be under center. And then in this game, they had him strictly in shotgun trying to run this, you know, Andy Reid type offense. So there's a crazy disconnect going on.
0: Look, and then again, and I'm, I'm really not trying to be overly harsh. It's not what I'm trying to do here, Joey. But then when I see his reply, of, well, they expected us to do certain things with fields. I would love it if uh, Michael Jordan was playing and he shot the ball zero times and they asked Phil Jackson after the game, well, they thought Michael was going to shoot the ball. We could let him shoot it because they, they were expecting him to shoot it. I I, I hate to say things are fireable offenses, but as appalling as the game plan was, his replies I thought were worse. Look, I, mm-hmm. I like to say in these things and Ryan Pace has proven time after time how he values things. I say, would you rather be consistent or would you rather be right? Not just in sports, Joey, in life. And think about that concept. People who would rather be consistent, okay, well, you're gonna be consistent, great. You're gonna be not right a lot of times. And let's take Mitch Trubisky. They drafted him second overall. They couldn't get off him. Ryan Pace could not, get a him. Way down to the way better end, insisting Mitch Trubisky was the best quarterback in the NFL. Now with Matt Nagy, again, he just, he, he can't get off it. He'd rather be consistent than be right. I'd rather be right. I, I don't care if I'm consistent. You've got to learn, adjust, and, and, and go with the times, not just in sports, but in life. It's a great lesson. And I try to deal with people who would rather be right than be stubborn and just be consistent and bang your head against the wall. I think this Bears organization, in my opinion, Joey, um, is a mess. Um, I think until it changes there's always just going to be a problem. And I hope – I mean, they what they did in that game, that was about as bad of a game as I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, and, we've, and seen I mean, a lot of bad we've seen a lot of bad offense in Chicago. I completely yeah. agree with you. And on top of that, too, there's something – I like to fashion myself as an optimist in life, but also at the same time, well, I think what you're talking about is you need to have an objective consistency to be able to kind of um, – to figure out and sort of pick apart different parts that maybe in life you could do a little bit better. I almost feel like Matt Nagy's just like, I'm just going to keep staying positive and keep staying the course as I drive it this car right into a brick wall. Um, one more thing on the Bears, and then I want to get some general NFL perspectives from you real quick. If I get this correct, I believe Bears-Lions heading into week four. Before the, before the season started out, yeah, it started at 10. It went down six and a half. Now it's at three. I think the over-under is at 42.5. I'm not yeah. saying should you or should you not bet on this, but if you could go one way or the other, where where are you leaning in this particular matchup week for?
0: I would go the Chicago way for multiple reasons. First of all, this would have to be, in my opinion, the kitchen sink game. Or, I mean, the kitchen sink game. I mean, listen, they got issued. In,
1: in September real quick, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, man.
0: well, but, but, but no, but that game, Joey, that was one of those rare games that was so bad that I think they have to everyone has to take accountability, you not know, look as much as I just criticized the head coach and the coaching staff. And just, I mean, the offensive linemen needed, you know, look, they, they have to do better. Uh, look, I'll be uh, honest as fields. And what I saw that game, I swear to God, I feel like if you had Patrick Mahomes in there it wouldn't have made that much of a difference. Yeah. I felt like the second he got the ball snapped, he was engulfed. golf. Uh, and again, I'm not saying he played well. I'm not, don't, but I look to me, That being said, I think that they're going to really have to come back with it, and I think it's the perfect team to be playing. Now, credit to Detroit. They've been very frisky. Um, Opening game against Frisco, they were down big at half. They had a chance to tie the game at the end against a pretty good San Francisco team. And covered. Um, (laughs) Week two, they were very close for three quarters against Green Bay. Yeah. They were right there for three quarters. They played them well. It was a three-quarter game, you know, but I'd say as a compliment, not an insult. And then, of course, you know – Look, I, I just have to go on these tangents, my friend. I'm sorry because it's the it's the best. these coaches, Joey, need to hire someone like me. there's a million me's. I don't mean me specifically, but someone like me. Dan Campbell in that game, okay. He's like, there's a minute and fifty to go, and the Ravens have two timeouts. He is first and ten at the at the nine yard line. So he goes run, run, run. Oh yeah, we're up, we're up now by by one point. Yeah, you know, our defense is going to hold them. We're 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 winning the game. Okay, coach, just go to live <laughs> betting right now. You're a minus 230 underdog. You're a 70% chance to lose the game because of what you just did. Yeah. I can't take it. Yeah. You know, you're going against the greatest kicker of all time indoors, giving Lamar Jackson four downs, and you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll, we're winning the game. You, I can't stand. I can't stand incompetency and, and not having a – just – And I know they can't look at the live betting, but I knew it. I knew they were going (laughs) to be a massive underdog. You need to score a touchdown
1: there. (sighs) Sorry. No, it's just, he's, uh, I just think, a clear minds and full hearts, right? It's the whole Friday night. There's this weird, like, almost kind of meathead mentality, I feel like. and sure. And real quick, I mean, we've seen it. I think we've seen more. I think we've seen some really aggressive play calling just kind of across the NFL in general. Going for a oh. fourth downs, not just with standing oh. and, and John Harbaugh, the week previous with Lamar Jackson on that fourth down. That thousand.
0: was the right move. But Brandon Staley, but Brandon Staley, when he did, and the and with with 30 second, 38 seconds to go in that game. If I was the Los Angeles Chargers owner, I would have physically had him removed from the game and, and he would never work for me ever again. Yeah. You're telling me, again, I, I my whole life I based on math and probabilities, Joe. You're telling me. What is there a better chance of happening? Patrick Mahomes has 38 seconds and one time out to score a touchdown. Or your kicker misses, makes, misses an 18-yard field goal. Which do you think has a better chance of occurring? It's not even question. By the way, if you answer missing an 18-yard field goal, then you should be fired either way because that guy should not be on your team. If you can't make an 18-yard, extra, not even an old extra point, an 18-yard field goal, there is a trillion times better chance if Patrick Mahomes beats you. These are things, again, I one day there is going to be a bunch of people like me who help on the sidelines with probabilities for these coaches who just for whatever reason can't handle it. But going back to what you asked about this Bears game, she always started golfing these candies to become passionate about them just because I like things that are done efficiently and from a math correct standpoint. Um, I think they're playing the right team. and It's a game It's very winnable. They need to face a winnable game right now. Um, and this is a game I do think they can win. Detroit's not too stout defensively. Not too stout offensively, but again, they've been frisky and they're coming off a tough emotional loss. I think they're getting them in the right game, the right spot. I do think Chicago wins this one. I think they do cover it as well.
1: Well, if you like things efficiently, I would probably stay away from that Lions-Bears game just in general for your own for your own sake your own sanity. Let's kick it over to the general, more general NFL. Maybe I'll just throw maybe a couple lines at you, some stuff that stuck out to me. And if I miss one of a value that you really like, please feel free to bring it up. Uh, the listeners are definitely here to learn you know, from your expertise on this one. I'm seeing Giants plus 7.5 versus the Saints um, at a plus number. I'm seeing Cardinals plus 6 at uh, plus 215 versus Rams. I'm just getting these numbers off of betonline.ag. I know there's different numbers all over the place. Between those two games right now, either of those values kind of jump out to you. You know, the Rams have been rocking and rolling, but the Cardinals also maybe can kind of maybe sneak up on those Rams after a big victory versus the Buccaneers last week. Yeah, Joe, I think
0: I think the Rams game, the line's gonna go down. Uh, I think that line will go, we'll probably close it closer to four and a half or five.
1: Mm,
0: uh, my, oh, by the way, I know you you, you can see him on the zoom, but you see the painting I have up on my wall on a side note. Can you see that on the way back? It's a there's not a, a famous artist named Stephen Holland, and one of my my all-time favorite football players, Walter Payton. You as a Chicago guy, just had to mention that. I think the value though, enjoying what you asked, uh, I actually think the spike. Numerous injuries. I don't know if we're going to get Darius Slayton. I don't know if we're going to get Sterling Shepard But and I, I will tell you this: my biggest fate of the year, and so far, they've shoved it up my you know what. So far, it has been the Saints. And every time I've watched all three of their games, every snap, I think they stink. I legitimately yeah. think they stink. Now they're amazingly coached. Um, they've done a good job of having things go their way, and I give them credit. Kamara is a really good player. And their defense has played very, very well. And I'll give them that. But I think the Giants in this role, uh, I think they can make this a 50-50 game. I, I really do. I think this will be a close game. I don't think the Saints should be laying over a touchdown to really any team, maybe you know, I, I maybe Jacksonville, maybe, or uh maybe Houston. Houston, I'll say, but I don't think the Giants are at that level of atrociousness. Uh, I think it'll be a close game. Do I think the Saints will win? Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't, even, usually I call these advantage teasers, Joey, when you can go through the numbers seven and three, it's like people would sometimes say, oh, teasers are a sucker bet. Not only not a sucker bet, it's one of the best bets you can make in the world. When you tease teams down from the numbers, anywhere from a seven to an eight and a half point favorite to less yeah. than three, or tease a one and a half to two and a half point underdog to either seven and a half up to eight and a half, they're called, they're called advantage teasers are the best bets you can make. Um, I would not take, New Orleans this week in a teaser because I think the Giants actually have a chance to win the game. Similar to how I thought I thought Detroit had a real chance of upsetting Baltimore last week. I feel the same way about this game. I think the Giants are alive. I think they have a chance of winning out, right?
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because with the Saints, I feel like it's kind of door number one, door number two. Door number one is sometimes you say to yourself, Maybe a team's a work in progress, new quarterback. You know, they they play good one week, they don't play great the other week, not a lot of passing yards on the board, and then you kind of really dig in deep. And I'm right there with you, where outside of Kamara, it seems pretty talent bereft on offense with a quarterback that you can't 100% trust. I think on a week to week basis, that's really tough. And the fact that they were getting seven and a half was kind of just felt a little rich to me. And I'm glad that you said that. I think that'd be a good play for people, especially if they can tease that down a little bit. Uh, the next two that I have kind of wildly different. One of them is the primetime, or maybe one of the more marquee games of the week. Uh, Patriots plus six point five plus two thirty eight to win against the Buccaneers, and I just want to get your take on Texans plus seventeen. I do not see a number on betonline.ag right now versus the Bills, but when you see a plus seventeen, that's like that's like a college football number. It is, and and, and is that trying? Is that like is that bait? Are they trying to get us? Are they trying to get the public to kind of drag that in and maybe bring that number down? Or what? What? What is your take on that?
0: No, no Joe, I, I don't think so. Look, by the way, if you like this game, like I, I think. I would rather probably take maybe Buffalo minus nine and a half in the first half um, uh, just because um, when it gets in the fourth quarter, you could have one team that's just going run, 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 and not trying to score. Let's say it's a 20-point lead for them. You can maybe get a backdoor cover from the underdog Texans. Look, this is not a game I'm betting. My numbers made this right around 17. It came in at 17. I don't bet to bet. I bet to make money. Uh, no, to answer your question, I don't think they're doing this – I think it's the right line. You know, I think this is yeah. about what the line should be. I think it should be between 16, 17 and a half in that range. It's at 17. Uh, look, Houston with Davis Mills, to me, uh, is that bad. Uh, Brandon Cooks is playing really well at receiver. But outside of that, I don't think this team is much tougher. And you're facing a Josh Allen, that Buffalo team, Joey, that is just so dynamic on that side of the ball. See, last week they faced a good, I and mean, improved. But Carolina was my, number one, like improved team this year. And I, and they've been so far, they've been really good to me. And I like Caroline, but they're not a, a juggernaut like Buffalo. If Buffalo, you know, is going to score uh, at least in, the, in my opinion, in the thirties. Okay. So that means if you're taking the underdog Texans here, you really think you are going to probably need 17 points at a chance. Yeah. Do I count them? the fact I'm going to get that? I'm not really going to count them at all. Buffalo Stevens actually look good. I'd actually be on the favorite here. I really would. I'm not laying it, but that'd be the only side I could look in my opinion
1: just some broader NFL stuff moving forward. You know, the last time you were on the pod, you came up you gave some great advice obviously for people in terms of when we're talking futures, Super Bowl odds, AFC, NFC championship odds. You wanted to do that months ago with the draft. Yeah, of course. Um it, but at this point right now, are there any still values that maybe are holding firm that you still like maybe just a little bit? I want to toss a couple out there to you. You know, AFC Championship Chargers plus 850. I don't know how great I feel about that number. Cowboys plus 1,400 to win an NFC championship. I mean, it's so early in the season, and the Steelers are now plus 1,200 to win the AFC North. Vikings plus 375, NFC North. Panthers plus 600. Chargers, NFC West plus 475. And then the NFC West I, is more specific. I really am interested in that. Rams plus 110. 49ers plus 275. Cardinals plus 350. Seahawks plus 600. Those are all plus numbers for kind of a toss-up of a division. Are there any long-term future plays right now that you're still kind of keeping an eye on, that maybe have held value a little bit or is a little bit too too little too late? Well,
0: look, one thing I've been doing so far, Joey, and I've enjoyed betting is the updated season wins each week, and I can just give you some for this week here, are this week's values on you know the sites that I look at. Carolina over eight wins for the year, Joey. The over was seven and a half. Day one is a thirty-two eight percent chance against New Orleans. They were a big favorite against, you know, they're supposed to have about a 66% chance against the Jets and supposed to have about a 70 some percent chance against the Texans. But, you know, in my opinion, that should be over eight. They, Do you, do you think they're going to go four and nine their next 13 games? I don't think they're a four and nine team. I really don't. They already have three wins in the bank. I say they win at least four. I think this number should be at least eight and a half, in my opinion. San Francisco is 11 and a half. Before the year, their over under was 10 and a half. First week, they had about a 75% chance of beating Detroit. They win. Uh, week two, they had about a 60% chance of beating Philadelphia. They win. Week three, they had about a 60% chance of beating Green Bay. They lose. So their win share was right around two. Okay? They're two and one, exactly where they should be. Yeah. Their season win total was 10 and a half. Now it's 11 and a half. Answer me why. Why should it go up one game? They're exactly where they they haven't looked overly good. They've had a lot of, they've actually had injuries, Joey. Um, I like under 11 and a half wins for this team because I, I don't know why they're getting extra respect here. I I don't see it. I think the over under will still be 10 and a half. Because this division, the Rams look great, Joey. They're going to play them twice. Arizona's undefeated. Yep. They look really good. We know Seattle with Russell Wilson is always a tough out. I think 11 and a half, under's too high. Washington, their over is eight, Joey. Their over before the year was eight slash eight and a half. Um, I bet they're over. I'm going to lose this bet. Let's look at the things that have happened. Their defense looked atrocious. Um, They lost their starting quarterback, possibly for the season. Uh, I would ding them a lot more than a half game, in my opinion, because I think this team uh, has looked really that bad defensively, and they're supposed to be the strength of the team. Uh, And losing their starting quarterback, I don't think this team's going to have a winning record. And I'll give you one more. The Bengals was six and a half, Joey, before the year. Okay, and this was one I did last week. It was five and a half. They were six and a half before the year. They won as a 40% chance against the Vikings. They won as about a 40% chance against Pittsburgh. And they had about a 40% chance against Chicago and they lost that one. So they should be at around 1.2 wins. They're at two and one. So they're around almost a full win above what they're supposed to be. Hmm. Joe Burrow is looking pretty good. I like them over six and a half. I, I think that Baltimore's look pretty uh, beatable in my opinion. Um, I think that over-under is too low. Um And I'll give you a rookie of the year bet. Two rookie of the year bets. I bet personally today that I like Joey. Micah Parsons six to one. He'd be my pick right now.
1: And he had a good game last night. He did. And
0: then uh, Asante Samuel Jr. at twenty-five to one. I think that's craziness. I, I think he's right there with Micah Parsons as a leader in the clubhouse. Um, twenty-five to one. I I think you have fun with that bet as well. In terms of some of the division bets you mentioned, Joey. Look, um, in the NFC West, you know. It's a tough division. I think the Rams are the most likely winner. Um, but right now they're around even money. Um, yeah. but I do think they are the best team. And if they stay healthy, Stafford's probably the justified you know, MVP front runner. Um, I like Cleveland to win the division. I took Cleveland plus one fifty. Pittsburgh looks horrible. As much as I just said nice things about Cincinnati Joey, don't think they're good enough to challenge. I think I'm getting plus one fifty and a mono on a matchup with Baltimore. I think they're better than Baltimore. I think they'll absolutely are better than Baltimore. I think they're better than Baltimore offensively and defensively. So I like them getting plus 150. That's probably my favorite division bet right now. I also bet Dallas today, Joey minus 185 to win the division. Let's look at that division. We talked about the Giants being 0-3. Doesn't look great. Washington 1-2, losing their quarterback. Their defense has been eh. And Philadelphia, I mean, look, we just saw those teams play last night. Different classes. Dallas has a great offense. In improving defense, I think they're the class of that division, Joey. And I think they win it a lot more than the minus one. I think they win that division at least 70% of the time. I think minus 185 is way too late.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to get pretty intrigued by the Cowboys. You know, you mentioned Micah Parsons already, but that offensive line looked fantastic last night, and they still don't have all those pieces there in place. Their secondary is a bit of a problem, but I don't think in the division that's going to be an issue with them moving forward. Great call on Washington where Washington's defense was supposed to carry them to that number. And it has been just the complete opposite the entire time. And also very intrigued by what you brought up with the Bengals with they already got one on the Steelers. They played the NFC North on their schedule this year. You know, yeah, maybe now there's room where they can probably maybe pick up a couple more wins moving forward and, and, you know, maybe get over that six, that six and a half mark for sure. If you don't mind, I'd like to switch it over to baseball a little bit. Um, I got a team uh, heading into October baseball next week. We'll see maybe if the Phillies are going to be able to join. It's looking a little, looking a little higher, but yeah.
0: Say a prayer for my Toronto Blue Jays. They're my biggest investment. I have so much money on that team. I, 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 I have to like, my accountant has to add it up. I've been betting them at 50 to one, 40 to one, 60 to one to win the world series, to win the pennant. Every freaking day, I kept adding, adding, adding. I kept thinking, this is the best team in baseball. This is the best team in baseball. This is the best team in baseball. And every day, they win like 14-1. And there's still a game out of the playoffs. It frustrated me because I was right on this. I was right on this. And I still may lose my bet. But I really thought they were going to make the playoffs and was going to be able to make a lot of money. But unfortunately, the Yankees got very hot and swept Boston, which really hurt me. Yeah. I was
1: going to say, I was going to say, how are you feeling, you know, maybe three weeks ago, uh, you know, before Well, the, they know, actually
0: were off they're... by a, a game and a half, or, but they, they, they lost, uh, they lost two or three to Tampa Bay. It was obviously a really good team. They lost two or four to Minnesota. Look, you can't do that when you're, when you're trying to get the playoffs. right here. they won, like they had a sweep to get back into the race. They had to sweep the Yankees, Oakland, which they won. They won like 11 or 12 in a row, beating yeah. like good teams, Joey, Uh, big series against New York, but, um, That's when I first had to just get that out of But I know from a White Sox point of view, have you heard anything about Carlos Rodon, how healthy he is or is not?
1: So here's the update on Carlos Rodon right now. He is going to pitch and start tomorrow on Wednesday. In terms of pitch count, I cannot imagine him probably going over 60 pitches in that game. Tony Larusa has been... I don't even know if strange is the right adjective, but he has been quite honest over the last 2 or 3 weeks about the status of Carlos Rodon recently. So when they made his last start with the arm left with arm fatigue or general soreness whatever you want to call it, Tony Arusa said that he was not looking good. Fastball wasn't there. He was lucky that he didn't get lit up more and then he categorized his Carlos Rodon's side session the other day is not that great and it's a big giant we'll see so I can't really tell I know that they need him right so I'm sure they're trying to do everything they can to drag him you know and just get him ready to give you maybe 50 60 pitches in a playoff game but at this point right now I don't think you're going to be seeing the type of 96 mile an hour fastball in the two and a half era that it's on his on his stat sheet right now in a playoff game moving forward I think it's going to be one of those bullpen by committee games and I would prepare for like Rodon three, four innings, and then Kopech okay. three innings, and I think that's what they I, want to
0: do. is one of my favorite pitchers. He's been a little erratic, but when I watch him, I, I see crazy talent, at least in my opinion. Um, it's a shame because I thought the White Sox were in a great position to really be a really good postseason team because they have really some nice individual offensive players, and I thought just the pitching staff having Giolito, Rendon, and Lance Lynn, I thought that one, two, three um, could really carry them. And obviously the having the back end bullpen, Kembro I know hasn't been the Chicago Cubs version of Kimbrough, but still. Uh, and then of course Liam Hendricks. Um look, we'll see. Like baseball though, and I and I, if anyone wants to wrestle with me on this, uh, go ahead. Let's 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 bring it on. Because baseball to me and I is pretty close to 100 percent luck in the playoffs. Literally, there's almost no best team, doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's yeah. all and look, you could take a team, because inherently speaking, Joey, the worst teams in baseball usually win about 40% of their games, right? So this isn't like having a one in, like the Houston Texans being one in 16, facing the, the 16 and one Los Angeles Ram, where they're never, the team's never going to win. <laughs> the, the bad teams in baseball win all the time against the good teams in baseball. So we have two really good teams playing each other. It's a lucky blue pit here. Uh, the, a close pitch that goes against you a check swing here a check from there it's really all luck which is what billy bean used to talk about in Moneyball. he's like all i can do is get to the playoffs once i get to the playoffs i have no idea i can win 10 world series i can win zero and i don't think he was saying that by the way as a baby or he's like oh i haven't won any oh i'm making an excuse he's just telling again from a math point of view he's telling it how it is whether you're the best team or not i watched a 2000 and uh i think it was a 2000 and uh, Mariners or 2010 Philadelphia Phillies was the best baseball team I've seen in my lifetime. They had the number one hitting team in the major leagues. They had the three best pitchers in the national league and they lost the best of five series. One knocking in game five, Chris Carpenter over Roy Halladay. And that was that. And the Cardinals ended up winning the world series. But to me, you just either, you get either it goes your way or it doesn't in the baseball playoffs. And I know the Dodgers on paper have the best team, but I think the most likely winner, I'm actually going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers. Right now, because I think that their pitching staff is that good, Joey. Yep. And the Dodgers, I think, are going to have to play in that wild card game, which even with the great Max Scherzer pitching, they're going to have a thirty percent chance of losing that game. So thirty percent of the time, right away, they're going to be eliminated, just off the come out roll. So to me, that's why I am not going to take the Dodgers.
1: Well, and on top of that, what the Cardinals are at fifteen wins in a row right now. I mean, the question
0: was able to just get them at eighty to one odds to win the World Series and forty to one to win the pennant, like. A week ago which i thought was a good
1: bet yeah there's still 20 i still have them at 20 to 1 to win the world series i think it's 10 to 1 to win the pennant now which that, that's a horrible is insane bet. yeah yeah, yeah, bet, yeah. But
0: 40 to 1 and 80 to 1 was worthwhile and the 10 to 1 and 20 one's a horrible bet
1: yeah i'm very curious to see with the white Sox. i completely agree with you especially in the al nlds those first rounds those best of fives and even of course in those wildcard games in terms of the socks looks like they're gonna be playing the astros I'm going to be very interested to see how that sort of plays out. And I don't know what your take on it is, but, you know, Zach Greinke's on the IL. I don't know if he's going to be available for them. You know, they do have pitchers like McCullers, Valdez. You know, they've had guys, Garcia, they've had guys that have been starters, had good seasons. But you know what? Over the last month or so, Valdez, McCullers specifically, they've been walking guys. And that is actually something that the White Sox sneakily are pretty good at. And, you know, you got free swingers like Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu in there. But you guys got like Makata and Grandal that are willing to take a walk. And I'm thinking maybe that could be the equalizer a little bit because Astros offense, I would probably give the edge to them a little bit in that series. I'm I, I don't know. I'm really curious. It, it is that toss up, right? I do sometimes feel like when you get to the championship series, you can kind of maybe get a little bit better of a feel of who's got the mojo, who's pitching well. Sometimes there's that ace starter. But I mean Astros Astros White Sox, do you do you have a feel for that at all or, or just 50-50, man? I really think it's like 50-50. Now here here's yeah. the thing. To me, and
0: I had a very, very, very big Lance Lynn, but I had like three K on him at thirty to one when the Cy Young. I was gonna listen to win six figures if he won it. It was and looking good. It was looking 75% good. Seventy five percent of the year, seventy five percent of the I do have Robbie Ray at thirty to one, but for seventy five percent of the year, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm gonna freaking win this thing. Mm-hmm. And I pivoted and bet Robbie Ray more at, at even less than 31. And I bet a lot on Garrett Cole. I'm going to make a little bit of money, but I thought for a long time, I was going to make a lot, but Lance Lynn has not quite looked like the dominant, dominant, dominant Lance Lynn we saw at the beginning. Lucas Giolito to me, hasn't really been that, you know, I, look, I thought he was potentially a Cy Young guy. Still think he is, but I haven't seen quite what I was hoping for in him. And, but Carlos Rondon to me has probably been their best guy almost you could argue even more better than Lynn potentially. And if he, what you just said is true, I don't like that. I I really do like both these teams' lineups. Houston to me, they don't have that one guy that's going to grab you like that, um, you know, that that Max Scherzer type, that Garrett Cole type. But, you know, Framber Valdez has pitched well. Lance McCullers has pitched well. These are good, not great pitchers, but they're all good. And, and to me, they're the kind of pitchers that can give you six innings, two runs, you know, keep you in the game. White Sox, same thing. I mean, look, I think it's a very evenly matched, serious gun to my head. I will lead Houston just because I actually I trust their lineup a little bit more. Uh, I think their lineup is just a bear of a lineup, like one through nine. I think they have really seven really good hitters, Joey, uh, in that lineup. Uh, and I just don't think I'm seeing the, so the form, for lack of a word, of the White Sox pitchers that I would want to see going into the playoffs. Um, while you make a good point about the Houston pitchers. I would say that they haven't been dominant all year anyway. But yeah. they're all, they're all respectable. They're all good. Like on a scale of one to ten, they're all sevens maybe. And the the White Sox had a couple nine, nine and a half with Lynn, and uh, with Rodon. But right now, I can't give them at, the, at that nine, nine and a half level. And if they're not at that nine, nine and a half level, I think Houston has the better overall team.
1: That's that's the biggest issue too. Lynn is not the pitcher that he was one month two months ago he's had a little bit of a knee issue he's not pitching late in the games and in terms of giolito just real quick I mean the problem with him was when he burst on the scene and he got all that uh, AL Cy Young buzz he was able to he had a release point with his fastball that he changed where not only was he hiding it but it was coming out of place but was really bringing a lot of power and it's just not really fooling people anymore he's leaning a lot more on that changeup, so he's still a really good pitcher but if you don't have that put away 94 95 high fastball it's just going to be kind of a problem and yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest issue right now is can the White Sox cobble together those first four, five, six innings with their starters and lean on the bullpen and hope that the offense leads the day. And, you know, It's yet to be seen, but it should definitely be exciting for White Sox fans. I want to get you out of here on this. We've got to talk a little NBA just real quick. So we will okay. start We will start here. Uh, what uniform will Ben Simmons be in by Christmas this year? Well, I want to ask you because you know, I always enjoy
0: talking to you because you're really smart you 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 really know sports and I always like getting your takes because they're always well thought out. Okay. And I like speaking, I mean it, I like speaking to people who have well thought out answers and you always really give good, smart answers. If you were running the Sixers, let's suppose it's your house. I'm going to take your house, Joey. Let's suppose you have a house that's worth Five hundred, whatever. I'm just using a number. You have a half million dollar house that that's what it's worth, okay? And you know it's worth a half million. You know it. You don't think you know it. You look at every house next to you, 510,000, 490, 520, 40. You you know your house is worth a half million dollars, okay? It's the same exact freaking one that just sold for 500 yesterday. And 50 people come to visit your house and they're offering you like 320,000. And you need the money. and you're like, what? What's going on? My house is the exact same as his house. And and Darryl Moore, Morey's like, Ben Simmons, you know, four-time All-Star, first pick in the draft, defensive player of the year runner-up, all first-team defense, three years. He's worth $500,000. And the other, do you ever see the movie Trading Places? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the scene where Dan Aykroyd was, was out of money and he had his watch? And he goes, this watch tells time in 58 different countries and it, it, it it's this, this, and this. And it's a $25,000 watch. And the guy goes, the pawn shop owner goes, in Philadelphia, it's worth 50 bucks. <laughs> and, and, and that's what Darryl, the NBA is telling Darryl Morey. Yeah. The NBA, Ben Simmons ain't worth what you're asking. So as much as he must think his asset is worth that $500,000 dollars we going to your house, what do you do when you feel fiercely that you have an asset that's worth far more than you're being offered, but the rest of the league is telling you, this is all we're giving you.
1: I guess the thing that I'm so confused about is there's clearly this cold stalemate going on between Maury and Ben Simmons' camp, right? Because why would you, why would this leak out into the media, in my personal opinion, if you want to trade him? Maury goes, hey man, we'll get you off this team. Just keep your mouth shut. Say you're going to report to camp. And hey man, look, I'm going to do the best I can, but report to camp. Be a good teammate, be a good soldier. Do what you got to do, and we're going to make it happen for you. I think on the other side, Ben Simmons, you know, not to be glib about it, but is a bit of that petulant teenager where he wants out, but he doesn't know where he wants to go.
0: Hundred percent. Well, first of all, Joey, you know, you, you're you're hundred percent right. And like to me, though, again, and I don't pretend I don't have like total inside information. This, list, but listen. We're all. I always say when we bet these games. I always come from a gambling point of view, Joe. I'm like, we're betting on human beings, not robots. Sometimes we think we're just betting a John Madden game, just a robot. Yeah. I guarantee. You, I. This is. I would bet my my house. My 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 house. I'm. The, I would go all in in poker. That he's telling his friends and he's telling his confidants, "F the Sixers. I hate them. Screw them. I don't want them to get anything from me. I can't stand them." And I'm sure it's not. It's not PG-13. It's X-rated him saying stuff so to me when you say what you said it makes sense but I think again he's yeah listen he's a guy that's never had anyone probably tell him no who's never everyone's kissed his butt before in life and for the first time ever he became kind of a little bit of a joke because of what his lack of success in that postseason and because of that he um he's not he's handling it like a look I I work um an NBC Philly with a guy named Barrett Brooks was a good offensive lineman for like a dozen years in the NFL and and he would say to me, he's like, he's like, Brad, he goes, I get criticized six days a week and twice on Sunday. And he goes, and, and you but you get used to, it. you have to have the thick skin. And I'm like, cause he, he has that mentality. He's a winner. He gets it. Some of these players that have never had any criticism, Joey, they can't handle anything. Everything has to be, you're the greatest and you're this and you're that. It's a shame. I feel uh, Daryl Mori, I feel for him because again, I, my life is always based on negotiation, on math, on odds, on probabilities, how to maximize my return. And if I'm in a situation like going back to the 500000 the house, and I know this house is worth a half million dollars, and I either just sit on it and I'm paying taxes, but I can't live in it, and I'm only offered $320,000, what do I do? I, I'll be honest, I probably, if it was me, I probably would say to Ben Simmons, sit out for the next four years, enjoy yourself. That's probably what I do. I'm not saying it's the right answer. But I would probably say you either come back and play for us and we rehabilitate your value or I will sit there and I will take nothing as opposed to taking the 300 and some grand because I think that's the worst law for you. But I think at least it's a chance I can rehabilitate your value if you play.
1: Well, that's a really I, I'm really glad you said that because as an outsider and you're, you're a little bit more plugged into the Philadelphia sports scene than I am. I just can't figure out for the life of me what it is that Ben Simmons wants. Right, I mean, he's got the contract. He's in a he's in a situation where he's in the Eastern Conference, where they're battling for a playoff. You know, I maybe it's if you want to make it. A, I don't think it's a personal thing between him and Joel Embiid. I think it's with you. Is that I think he wants to be the Lord and Savior of a franchise and to have rose petals thrown at his feet as he walks in and out of the door. So I'm just kind of curious where he thinks this magical place is. And if he can't oh. necessarily put his finger on it and figure that out, I just don't understand why he's acting uh, in a certain way. I, you know, I don't care what happens. I just want out now. Like, that's well, just kind well, of what well, it
0: feels well, like. Well, Joe, here, here's the reason. And and, and and let's just look at the NBA as, a, as, a, as the culture as a whole. What happened with, with, with James Harden?
1: Yeah. What I'm not happy I want out.
0: James was? He did the same thing. Yeah. What happened with Anthony Davis? He did the same. These guys get away with it. So you ask me what I would do? I wouldn't let them get away with it. If Brad Brad Feinberg ran a team, either people would love me, but yeah, you know what? You stood up for the franchise. You stood up for what's quote unquote right. It may not win me some extra games. I get it, but I'm going to be honest. Right now, if the Sixers, and I'm just being honest, and my brother said this to me yesterday, I was like, you know what? You're freaking right. He goes, the Sixers just stay pan, and Ben Simmons just stays on the team all year. They're not going to win the championship. If the Sixers trade Ben Simmons right now for what they're being offered, they're not going to win the championship. But maybe if Ben Simmons comes back, can rehabilitate his value, and you can get a better fit on the team, maybe you then can win the championship. So what, I'm going to choose that option because you know what? It's like it's like the, the old saying that I remember Barry Switzer used to say going to Oklahoma. He goes, if you come to Oklahoma, we're going to come and win national championships. If you don't come to Oklahoma, we're going to win national championships. Okay. So same, same thing here. I'm like, okay, Ben, yeah, if you're on the team we're not going to win the title with you. We've proven that. And if you're not on the team, we're still not going to win the title, but it's not really hurting us in that sense because we're still not a title team. The only way we will become a title team is by trading you, <laughs> but we can't trade you right now because you're not letting us do our job because you're refusing to come back and hopefully rehabilitate your value.
1: I guess my only follow-up uh, to that is if I have a $500,000 house and I'm going around and everyone- I knew you did. <laughs> i love you man <laughs> and everyone and everyone <laughs> keeps telling me that my house is worth five hundred thousand yeah. dollars but i don't really know and maybe i do in the back of my mind that my house has termites and you, you know what Make i'm saying and, and here's what i'm saying that with ben simmons where if i was him i would play basketball and what has he done his whole career at lsu he didn't play basketball now he doesn't want to play basketball. The only way for him to improve his situation is to play basketball. Whether it is for the 76ers, for a short of span of time to get to where you want to go, I think that's the quickest way to get what you want. You're already paid, so you want the situation. So play basketball. My only thing is, I, I bet I get it. And Daryl Morey's probably freaking out because he's like, I got to sell this thing at five hundred now. Yeah. People are offering me three twenty, but I bet you it's really only worth four. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hey, how- actually, I actually think that's very fair what you said very fair. And it's funny. I actually,
0: again, that's why I like talking. You're a very smart guy. And I think you you actually said that, I think, brilliantly better than I did. And it's interesting. To me, what I said, if I was Ben Simmons, and only the Sixers know this, right, Joey? If I was Ben Simmons, I would have been like, because this is the first time in his career he became a meme. He became a joke, ever. Like, passing up thongs, people making fun of him. I would have been like, you know what? I may go down again. I may may become the worst shooter in history. I may be like a worse shooter than Shaq. Yeah. But I'm not going down like that again. I'm yes. working on my shot every day, and I'm, that's never going to be at me again. I go, I'm not going to shoot the ball. I don't care if I, if I shoot 10%, but I'm going to shoot the ball. Yeah. And that's going to become part of my game. I'm going out a different way now. I'm not going out that same way where I'm a joke, where people are telling me that, you know what, I don't have to shoot the ball 30 times a game like Steph Curry, but I could be like Giannis. Giannis isn't a good shooter, but he'll still shoot it, right? I mean, Giannis, he could be to me. That's the player in my opinion. That people don't compare him enough to. I think he could be a poor man, Giannis, and be closer to Giannis than people think. In my opinion, I think he has that kind of skill set, that kind of talent. That's the player I think he should actually model himself after, in my opinion. And I think he can become closer to Giannis than most people probably think he can, but I think he can become that kind of guy.
1: Yeah, I completely agree because Giannis kind of locked into something a little bit. You know, work in the paint, drive the ball. I mean, learn to hit your free throws a little bit. But, yeah, those termites in Ben Simmons' brain, until that kind of works itself out a little bit, you know, I I think that might be the thing that makes it a little bit of an unanswerable. Brad, I got to get you out of here real quick, though. Chicago Bulls, 42.5 wins, over, under. (laughs) It's
0: an interesting mix, Joey, because it's funny. There's a lot of things I really like about it. I think, look. I'm not running a franchise, right? I'm just trying to see do they improve their team this year. The the trade, I hate it. Yeah. It's a franchise move, but for just this year, just the 2021 season, he's a good player. You can rip the move. I'm sure he's gotten written, you know, whenever these websites, the worst move in the entire year is signing Rosen. Get over it. Again, he you didn't sign me, okay? You, <laughs> yeah. you signed a, a probably what a seven-time All-Star, okay? Yeah. Who's a really good player who's going to help the team. He will help. I love Zach Levine. I really love Newt Vucevic. Those are two of my favorite players. Um, not so sure about the coach. Um, the Bulls actually were an interesting team. They were the one team that theoretically based on the analytics should have been a lot better than they were. I would like to see more of their games and why they weren't as successful as they quote unquote should have been. Look, I did actually even like the under the radar signing when they got uh, the kid from the Lakers on uh, Alex Caruso. I think he's even decent. Um, I'm going to go over. I just am. Cause I, so Bean's one of my favorite guys, I think this team can win 46, maybe even 47 games and be, right. Uh, a good team. I'm going to go over here because I actually think they have good players. I can't promise the Knicks that it's going to work. I think they have good players and that's the start I have to go with.
1: Yeah, the ball's going to go on the hoop on both sides. They're going to give up a ton of points this year but I think the Hawks are 46 and a half. The Knicks are 41 and a half. I would like to think that the Bulls are maybe a skosh closer to the Hawks than they probably are at the Knicks at this point. But again, I don't know if I I love that value so much. Uh, NBC Sports, the Philly side of things. Brad Feinberg, man, great to see you. Um, yeah. Always a pleasure to come on, man. I always feel a lot better when I get off talking to you, man. Your perspective Anytime, is awesome. No, Joey.
0: You're, the be- I, you're the best. I always enjoy you having me. Anytime you want me to have me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The NFL season's back. we got plenty to talk about, man. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you so much. Oh, and real quick, throw out some socials, some Twitter, maybe some way that people can follow all oh, your Oh, yeah. Followers. yeah. I'm
0: actually Brad's Best Bets, B-R-A-D-S, and Best B-E-S-T, and then Bets B-E-T-S, Brad's Best Bets. Uh, I was... Forty-eight and seventeen the first two weeks in props. They only went eight and nine last week, but I'm still respectable. Fifty-six and twenty-six.
1: That's not bad. That's not bad at all, right there. Today's episode of Bet on Chicago with Joey Christopoulos was presented to you by BetOnline.ag. Fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code B L E A V believe. So make sure you check that out and get in all the action. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. We got plenty more coming this week. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, when in doubt, always bet on Chicago.